Say, kids, what time is it? Time for another episode of Brio TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brio, and today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, CTV, Hollywood Suite, Paramount Plus, and Super Channel. My guest is a singer-songwriter, rocker, actor, executive producer, co-creator. He wears a lot of hats. I first got to know him a little when he was one of the stars of the CTV CBS Special Teams Police Series Flashpoint. Before and since, he's been on a few other exceptional TV shows such as Durham County and more recently as Sheriff Donnie Haskell on Yellowstone. Now he's back with the second season of the searing Paramount Plus prison drama he co-created with Yellowstone's Taylor Sheridan, mayor of Kingstown. I'm talking, of course, about proud Kingston, Ontario native son, Hugh Dillon. I recently caught up with Hugh over a couple of Zoom calls. Here's the first part of that conversation. Listen, congrats on uh, Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, my oh, you're God, you're uh, executive producer, writer, actor. That's a lot of hats, Hugh. How's that going? Well, it's, you know, I'll tell you, to get to the first season, that was nail-biting. And, it, you know, Taylor and I, this goes back years. We had, I had this when Flashpoint was happening. And, um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's, it's just, a, yeah, I guess that to put it this way, my folks are in their 90s. And my, they got to see me bring it back to Kingston and to shoot some of those sequences, um, I guess, two years ago. And it's just profoundly satisfying, Bill, just to, um, you know, to, it was a dream that I've had and been passionate about my entire life. And to be able to, to, to do it with Taylor Sheridan and Jeremy and Diane Wiest, and um, it's just been exceptional. Yeah, I mean, I know you're, you're from Kingston, Ontario, which has had a couple of prisons and... Um... Nine. So, you know, it's a university town and the military yeah. college. Did you consider it a, a prison town at the time? I did because, you know, a lot of my um, friends, you know, folks were um, involved in the, you know, prison guards and, and what have you. And, and as you know, I've, I had a, 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 you know, I was predisposed to some darker uh, impulses earlier on in my life. And so right. I... Uh, yeah, there are there are a lot of um, that town is just a was just a, a crazy place to grow up in, and it just had such a, a musicality. It had so much, but yes, the prisons. It was very much a prison town. Have you, um, you know, and there are these giant prisons across uh, North America. Did you visit any in in researching this show? Yes, uh, you know, in fact. That's the switch to Pittsburgh. What's interesting, Bill, is that, that, you know, once they're decommissioned, you're in and then you go back and you can find the, you know, employees and you, there's just so many stories to be told. And it's just such a, um, you know, it's a fascinating world. And the, 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 the Mike McCluskey, McCluskey character was based on a guy I grew up with in Kingston and, um, you know, and Taylor uh, you know, he was my acting coach. It's very, um, you know, we go back a long way. He coached me on all those Flashpoint episodes and Durham County. And wow. um, and so instead of me doing my homework, we would talk about 
Well, what this really is about dreaming and perseverance. And that's what, what, what would you do if you could do anything? And I, I, as you know, I'm a songwriter, so I always yeah. built my own worlds and had my own characters. And this was my dream. And then to work with Taylor, this is the first thing he wrote. I went over to his house after we'd been working on it for like four years and said, dude, you can write this. I've never seen anybody be able to, to take apart worlds and characters and scenes and understand them. And, you know, he's a natural teacher that um, I just believed he could do it. And I brought the printer over and, you know, we had that first script in a couple of days. And then came the real work of trying to, you know, cut through the apathy of, um, you know, Hollywood and Canada and, you know, just the, you've got to stay the course to get anywhere in this business. Yeah, well, you sure do. Good for you. Um, I recognize your hand in some of the writing. I love in the opening episode, season two, that there's a, a boat full of maple syrup that, that's yeah. uh, oh, that was Taylor. way. Yeah. That had to be you, I'm thinking. No, that was Taylor. That oh, was my Taylor. God. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the yeah, there are other things that are me, but that one, surprisingly, is um, Mr. Sheridan for sure. Listen, I got to ask uh, you about Jeremy. Have you had a chance to uh, speak with him? Yeah, he's, um, you know, it was one of those things because it caught all of us so off guard because it was, you know, New Year's Day and you're, you're lost in your own nonsense. And it was just so shocking. He's like a brother to me. He's a family member. So I just wanted to get to the hospital, get to him. And then the next day, he sent me, the funniest video that I knew he was okay because he was just so profane and so funny. You know, it just made me, you know, and that's the testament to the kind of person he is because he wants you to not worry. And yeah, he's on the road to recovery, but it was um, shocking. And, and then uh, weirdly, the most relief I had ever felt just to see that he's okay. And he's, not only okay, but he's pissed off, which makes, which, you know, and, <laughs> and he's, and he's funny and he's profane. So you're like, oh my God, we are in trouble when this guy's back on his feet. Well, I'm sorry your friend's going through such a, a bad break uh, and uh, hopes for a very full and speedy recovery there. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Hugh, just quickly, we don't have much time, but my God, you have this whole other great career uh, with the headstones and your own singing and <laughs> writing. And does it shock you that you have almost 50 IMDb acting credits at this point? Wow. It is shocking. It is shocking. I don't. And yeah, it's funny because I don't. I just um, move forward. I mean, I always have. I'm, 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 I love the collaborative um nature of of songwriting i'm a musician you know and i've just kind of scaled up and been able to work with people if i find like-minded people and really creative driven people like taylor sheridan or or jeremy renner or diane weiss for that matter or the guys in the headstones it is a joy or you know i will say uh you know Anne marie la traverse the producer of flashpoint there yeah. or adrian mitchell the producer of um durham county I've just been lucky with great creative people who are, um, they are trying to do something unique and um, unpredictable and that is meaningful and, and they're passionate about. And when I fall into that world, then I, 
you know, you just, you get lost in it and time goes by and you, so to answer your point, I, I, it's crazy to see that many credits because I, my goal when I started was the, you know, um, and was, you know, my band and writing songs. And I grew up with Gord Downey and it was to tell those kind of stories. And I've really just done that and, and, um, scaled up and worked with incredibly great people. And, and I'm grateful for that because I don't do it alone. Yeah, well, great work in Yellowstone as well and uh, The Killing. So congrats on all of that. Uh, just quickly, what's in store for Ian? That, I mean, there's chaos everywhere. I've never, this is like Flashpoint on Acid. This It's show. the most dangerous show on television, Bill. It is. And, and, and Renner is like De Niro and Raging Bull, and especially this season. And I just, well, what's great about my work with Taylor Sheridan is we've blocked out 10 years worth of episodes. So it's like... It, what's great is once you get to that point where you've got it on television, then you get to, because we've had it for so long, we have so many ideas for, oh, and then the characters can do this. It's, it's just a luxury to, um, to get to this stage and to, to have it all fall into place and to have such passionate uh actors involved like when you when you sit down with diane weist and she explains to you the um the the you know what's wrong with the the industrial prison complex it's a master class you know this is a woman who actually goes and, and protests you know rikers island in new york so everybody's invested and um it just makes for a, a, a you know not only fascinating conversations but a great television show you, you, she's sort of the great hope on this show, isn't she? Her character, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of heart. Yes. We'll have more with Mayor of Kingstown's Hugh Dillon in just a moment. CTV is back in 2023 with some of the most coveted shows for mid-season. First up is the new crime drama, Will Trent, based on Karen Slaughter's best-selling books. Next is the missing persons drama, Alert, starring James Caan from Hawaii Five-0. Another January start is the comedy reboot of Night Court, which teams original star John Larroquette as lecherous prosecutor Dan Fielding, with new judge Melissa Rausch from The Big Bang Theory. CTV has more new drama coming in February, including The Company You Keep, starring Milo Ventabilia from This Is Us, as well as Found, with Shanola Hampton from Shameless. Later in March, CTV also has the TV reboot of the James Cameron feature, True Lies, plus all new episodes of Canadian favorites Children Ruin Everything and Transplant. Get into all of it this mid-season on CTV and stream it on ctv.ca and the CTV app. We're back again with Emily Gagne, and it's a brand new year. I can't believe it. Here we are, 2023. Emily, what do you got lined up for us now in Hollywood Suite? 
Oh, we've got quite a gift, Belle. Uh, this one is for the classic movie lovers, the Hollywood fans. We have The Last Movie Stars. It is a six-part docu-series directed by Ethan Hawke. Yes, you heard that right. Ethan Hawke, the one and only. Uh, and it's about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward and their love story. I think this is one that people are just going to love. I'm dying to see this. Really, really interested because I understand Ethan Hawke. He, you know, obviously Paul Newman and uh, Joanne Woodward have passed away, uh, but he recast. He has the transcripts from conversations they recorded and recast people to be those two iconic stars, right? Yeah, George Clooney's playing uh, Paul and uh, Laura Linney's doing Joanne. Uh, and then there's a host of other people. Ewan McGregor's on there, Sally Field, uh, Martin Scorsese's part of the project as well. You know, all these familiar faces are also in this as well as, you know, footage of Paul and Joanne uh, from their early days together and from wow. the films they made together. Listen, Emily, thank you so much and uh, have a great start to 2023. Uh, same to you, Bill. Here's the start of that second call with you, Dylan, with more on Mayor of Kingstown. We talked the other day, and uh, I wanted to jump back in about uh, Mayor of Kingstown. So many questions. This is a very exciting series. Uh, It looks like a movie every episode. Um, And this is something that you worked on for like, uh, how? I mean, a decade, more than that. How long did you? I'd say more than that. I brought it to Taylor in 2000. 2004 and you know it had always been um my songs are about that town my you know any of my art is is you know when we brought the show back we brought it back to that town that's where i came from that's where i grew up with gord downey that's where i grew up with doug gilmore um you know and and so i you can't outrun it bill (laughs) that is what i've learned and well, so it's been cathartic for me to, um, you know, explore it. And I use it. I mean, I just finished another Headstones album um, called Flight Risk and toured it, you know, immediately after uh, rapping production. And those songs are still about have, um, you know, elements of Kingston in it. It was just a great um, place to... There was just so much with the pens and the, you know, the blue collar aspect of it, the universities. And, you know, originally I had thought of um, and I remember talking to Adrian Mitchell about it uh, from Durham County. Originally, I had thought of it being Canadian because I was fascinated with the idea of, you know, um, Queens being the place that we would kind of the education for our um, leaders and the penitentiaries kind of educating our um, criminals, for lack of a better word. Wow. And the RMC kind of educating our military, you know, so um, but as it got pulled out to America and and collaborating with Taylor, it um, we kind of streamlined it. Well, Kingston, Ontario, I've been several times. In fact, uh, I remember visiting the Manor House many years ago. The Manor, well, that's where it's, that's where this part of this, like the club thing started. And the guy who originally, it's so funny. It's like the guy who Mike McCluskey is modeled after. And I brought that um, with me to Taylor was a guy who used to, who really, you know, saved my life a couple of times at the Manor. I was young and I was involved in drugs and um, he was just one of those dudes who said, you know, you could, you can, you can be better than this. 
because wow. I see where you're going. And you know, I was involved with guns and problems, and at an early age, there was a dark side there that I was, um, I was all in at one point. And um, there was another side, you know, because Gordiani was a friend of mine. Our bands played there, and so I had the dream that I'm that you know I've I'm I'm lucky enough to be talking to you now. That was in the back of my mind. That was, but that was Plan B. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a fascinating story, Hugh. I, my, I had a, uh, my uncle Eddie, Ed McCarroll, was a deputy sheriff in Toronto down at the courthouse, and all his friends were either lawyers or people who needed lawyers, right? Yes. So this mix of knowing, um, you know, your friends are either heroes or gangsters. Yes. No wonder you're making this series, right? You have yes. the, the the knowledge of that that mix and how yes. uh, how diverse it is, and you've seen it all, lived it. So hats off to you. Well, right down to things like um, that, I forget that I'm that I put in the series, and I put I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm writing a couple of feature films right now. Things that I forget, and the more I dig into it, the more I realize, oh, that's a scene. My hockey coaches, um, you know, early on were both cops and they would bring their their guns on their ankles and they put them in the Harold Harvey arena because we'd have 6 a.m. hockey practices. So there's guns in the, um, you know, it's just an old shitty shed, you know, but we play for <laughs> Joseph and, and the Mulroney brothers and the Callahans. It's all woven into the story. And there is still so much to go back to, to mine, because I all, I, all I've got to do is talk to somebody like you and bringing up the manor. Yeah. Or, or somebody from that point in time, because after the eighties, things gentrified, and that's a just a blanket term. But things changed, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I was there. It was like nineteen eighty, eighty-one. A friend of mine went yeah. to Teachers College in Kingston and um, St. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, and um, I remember years later at TV Guide interviewing Dan Aykroyd, yeah. and um, his buddy was from Kingston, a biker. And, yes, Wally Hyde. Yeah, okay. So, but Ackroyd was in his trailer, and this guy wasn't going to let me in to do the yeah. interview. So I mentioned that I got asked to leave the manor house, and he said, oh, my God, why didn't you say something? And he opened the door and brought me right in. Wally was Wally was a saint, and Wally, and you know, and just how what you know how what goes around comes around. When this show got picked up, the first call I got was from Ackroyd. Here we doing, you know, pretty, you know, and he was, and then those are things that you remember. And Wally, and even you talking now about Wally Hyde. Wally was another um, one of those guys who wa wanted me to be better. You know, very supportive. Did let me ask you: Did you ever get in a situation where you were doing something wrong, and one of your cop buddies you used to play with said, "Hey, Hugh, what the hell"? You, I've just lost the picture. Is that okay? I, I, I turned off the camera here because it was flickering, and yeah. I didn't want one of us to have a seizure. <laughs> so I'll put it back on later. We'll try it again. But okay. now I've been in a bunch of situations. You know, uh, you know. I will tell you the funny part of Flashpoint, for example, is the later in life is you know speeding um, a bunch of places in Toronto and. Cops love that show, and I've been let off a couple of times. Just you got to slow down because you can tell they're pissed off. They're going to give me a ticket, and then they love Flashpoint, and so it's just just slow down. Can you do that? And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Um, 
Now, just back and forth to this black and white world uh, at Mayor of Kingstown. Um, mm -hmm. There's a scene in the opening of season two. I don't want to give anything away, but it involves a pit bull. Oh, man, yeah. And uh, my God, it's very visceral. I'm I'm generally a scared of stuff like this, you know. Yes. But um, was that based on anything true? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that's kind of what our goal is. It's you know it is this uncomfortable storytelling, but let's steer into it. What and find these stories that we know. Most a lot of these stories come from us, you know, and um, that's kind of what makes it exciting to get to camera um, because you're invested you know this is a story you know if i'm telling taylor a story about something that you know let's say it's those cops and and with the the, the holsters i'm all in because it really happens so i can see it so when he asked me questions to go into detail i see the wooden bench that it was on i see the rubber carpet for the skates i can you know he's really good at making you describe it and get into it and in that he sees the truth and it's i mean he's he's been my acting coach he's been he's just a mentor he's taught me how to produce he's he's all of it and so when we go to work on scripts and especially that one you know that's a season two that's the opening um yeah Boy. what i learned from Anne marie traverse was you got to make these um shows count and i and so everything i've learned from flashpoint and those producers and um you know adrian mitchell is is that we take no prisoners you've got to put it all in and it's got to be um you've got to execute and those stories and that pitbull thing was something that you know and even what you said i made my character kind of afraid of the dog yeah. Yeah. You know, so you just incorporate all the um, yeah. all the heart you can into yeah. every, you know, and that's what Taylor always talks about. You've got to squeeze the humanity out of every scene. And so you'll, you'll probably get more angry uh, emails from dog lovers than oh, uh, 100%. People, right <laughs> than people lovers. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about Taylor Sheridan is uh, the co-creator with Hugh Dillon of um, Mayor of Kingstown. Uh, just uh, talk a bit. Obviously, you guys uh, worked together on, on several projects, and he was your acting coach. Where did you first met, meet? How did that LA. happen? In L.A., I did a movie called Down on the Bone, and, um, and I was in Toronto. And, yeah, and they had seen Hardcore Logo. And wow. so they wanted to meet me and they wanted me to audition and I wouldn't audition. And then my, the headstones were playing in Buffalo and this was a New York crew. So they came to Buffalo and, um, yeah, they, you know, made it very easy for me. I got the gig and then I worked with Vera Farmiga and she said, you know, you really need to go to Los Angeles and take this seriously. This is an opportunity. And at the time I was still struggling in and out with drugs and alcohol and, and I and I made the jump, and I just went to LA, and um, then a mutual friend, a Canadian, had um, knew Taylor, and I needed help with auditioning because I could play live. I'd done some movies, but um, he really helped me figure out how to, um, you know, use that that skill set I have on stage naturally and, and make it work for the camera and make it work in auditions. And I will tell you that if you ask Adrian Mitchell from Durham County, I auditioned, you know, um, screen tested for Durham County. That was the first big thing. And I wasn't playing a bad guy. I was playing a cop. 
And uh, Taylor coached me on that. And that's a long time ago. Wow. What would he say? How did he coach you? Do you remember what he, the- would, he would make you understand what you were doing and really think about what you're doing? And I, there's a fearlessness that I could I would have with playing live and, and being a singer in this kind of punk band. And he would he would he plugged he he plugged that in for me. So, for example, you know, they were sending me on a bunch of auditions that I didn't like, I wasn't into, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And he and he would really would say, well, what do you want to do? And then we'd get into it, and, and he's, you know, I'm naturally good at playing um, bad guys or people I'm interested in, or and then he really said, then don't do them. But your agents and everybody else want you to audition for everything, you know? So it really became, he is, is um, and he'll say it himself, he's a snob. So he was looking for good projects. So I was suddenly talking to him more about mayor of Kingstown, not really auditioning. And we're, you know, cause he said, what do you want to do? And I went, you know, I, I write characters and I write worlds in my songs and they're like little haikus. So he helped me scale up and he said, well, how would you do that? Um, if it was a, a movie or, you know, and I said, I'd start with the way I start writing songs. I start with an opening that that is interesting to me and, or my guitar player. And in this case, Taylor. And so he just, constantly put it back in your um, court. And so when the Durham County audition came on for, or came up, for example, he said, this is a great project. This is exceptional because it was super dark and it, and it broke a lot of barriers in Canada at the time because there was nothing like it. And he saw that. And then what he did and Adrian Mitchell told me was he said, don't read to the reader. You've got a scene here with the little, uh, with your daughter, who's a, who's a, um, you know, a little kid. So see that kid, don't look at the camera, don't look at the reader, and don't look at the producers. Just do the whole scene talking to this imaginary kid. Huh. He was right. And Adrian said the producer saw it, and I forget who it was. It was, um, it was uh, what broadcaster was that back then? Oh, like, uh, the movie network? Yes. And yeah. those, those execs saw it, and I, I got it over everybody else because of that specificity. Wow. And... And that is a, a talent. He could see, you know, and then he coached me on on everything. And um, we just hit it off. He's like uh, part of the family. So we just, you know, and I'd help him, I'd help him out when he was having some, uh, um, you know, struggling. And I, he helped me out. It's just uh, you meet these people and you're just loyal and you, you just respect them. Yeah, amazing. Back after these brief messages with Hugh Dillon. Welcome Paramount Plus Canada to the Brio TV family in 2023. If you're already a subscriber to Paramount Plus, you know that this is where you can watch Top Gun Maverick starring Tom Cruise. It's now available on demand. Also in January, get set for the second season of Jeremy Renner's gritty drama, Mayor of Kingston. 
Season 2 debuts January 15th and is set not in Kingston, Ontario, but in the corrupt town of Kingstown, Michigan. Diane Weist also stars along with former Flashpoint star, Canadian actor-singer Hugh Dillon. Paramount Plus is also the exclusive home of the hit dating series, Are You the One? Season 2 premieres January 18th. Relationship expert Kami Crawford hosts as 22 single men and women from all around the globe go through an intense matchmaking process. Looking ahead, Paramount Plus will also be the home for the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. Make it so and engage now with Paramount Plus. What's new this month on Super Channel? Well, there's the usual mix of movies and dramas, including new episodes of the Australian series Upright, which airs Sundays on Super Channel Fuse. Here are two other premieres that I'm most anxious to see. Meeting the Beatles in India is director Paul Saltzman's documentary about that magical time in 1968 where he got to hang out with John Paul, George and Ringo and the Maharishi. Morgan Freeman narrates. Another January premiere is Eat Wheaties, and it stars Tony Hale and Alicia Cuthbert. Sid Straw leads a dull life until he accidentally stalks famous college friend Elizabeth Banks on social media, and then uh, hilarity ensues. Meanwhile, new episodes of Cruise Ship Killers can be streamed all month long on Super Channel, which is available via most cable providers right across Canada, and also streams on Amazon Prime Video and Apple TV+. And we're back with Hugh Dillon. But at some point, I mean, all of this that you're talking about with the headstones, your music and television, you must, uh, you have to be a storyteller, basically, right? Yes. Uh, uh, when did you first know that you were a storyteller, I guess? Was it through music? Yes. Yeah, it was. I mean, it runs in my family. My grandfather was, and... Um, but it was through music. It was, you know, and, and even with your friends. I mean, I, I just, you know, and then I'm, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and when you grow up, you know, I mean, sitting around with your friends drinking or, you know, at, you know, in the 80s doing cocaine, whatever, you become, <laughs> you become a better storyteller. <laughs> what, happens, what happens then is the best story has to win, you know, so. Um, let, let, and, let's. Let's let's tell people now, though, that you you've been clean and sober for many years. You yes, know, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 and congratulations yeah. on that. That's fantastic. Oh, yes, thank you. I, I mean, again, I had a lot of help. That's just my wife, Midori, is a saint, and she's she um made sure that I got the help I needed. And you know, it's just since I cleaned up, it's just been a great um you know our life has been spectacular we got a flashpoint you know and all of the once i moved to la and nobody would think that you know if you really want to clean up la isn't the place that you'd think that way you know but um, (laughs) you'd think kingston would be the place yes yes (laughs) um if you don't mind tell folks how long you've been married oh like 25 25 years fantastic wow 
hats off to finding yeah. the right lady you that's great well she yeah she changed everything you know yeah. and, and you know when when we first went she wanted to meet taylor and she, and you know because at the time it's like even when i first went to the acting first thing with taylor it was a private lesson and it was a hundred bucks and i was like jesus and you know my credit cards are maxed and midori thought okay yeah you can go to la give it a shot and you've gotten this far and the movie that i did got to sundance so that got me to america and then from sundance i got representation and that got me to la but i was still broke you know it's like yeah. credit cards were max callum rennie the actor lent me his yeah. car he had a crown vic and he said i'll lend you my car so i hadn't i didn't have much i had I, you know i've always gambled i always know i you know i gamble out with the headstones i gambled on songwriting i um but then you find the you know, it's like when I started in the movie business, I, I found Bruce McDonald through, yeah. he was um, directing our music videos. So it's the music that pushes me, but it is these great people who are empathetic and they're kind of teachers and they champion you. They, they are listeners, you know, so they're not so caught up in everything else that they can't see anything. And I'm... Uh, T talk about another one of these these champions, Henri Latraverse, um, who was uh, one of the executive producers on Flashpoint. Yeah, you auditioned for her. Uh, what did you do? What did she see that helped you win the role on Flashpoint of Ed? Uh, her and I, that wasn't so much of an audition. We, David um, Frizzi, the director, I had just done like. Um, uh a thing in vancouver with him and david frizzy is a he's an exceptional director i wanted him to to do mayor and he's doing vikings right now and this guy is just he's very smart and he did a, a headstones video back in the 90s a song called again so i'd met him and then i did a da vinci's inquest movie after durham county in, in vancouver and he was doing that and we, you know he knew me from the band and he liked hardcore logo and we just got along and then flashpoint had come up i'd finished durham county and Anne marie and i had lunch one day and i talked about the character and she was just she's very smart but you know a very um again empathetic person and she, and also super creative she knew what she wanted to see in that world she you know her and Mark Ellis and Stephanie Morgenstern, the writer. She, you know what it is really is Bill. It's and that's what Taylor does, and that's what I like to think I do. Is if you can have the vision, and then it's assembling an excellent team around you, then the chances of having that vision um, executing it properly are in your favor. And she was very smart at team building, and then assembling the cast and but it's so much more than that you need a great director you need a great dop and you have to know what you don't want um uh, because there are so many voices involved yeah she's a very and what was what is great about her she is a, she knows what she wants and you've got to and in that um you know and it was a very powerful point in time for canadian television too because you know, Adrian and Janice did um, Durham, and these, they're very strong yeah, with Lori, and, and they were very strong women, and they, in a, you know, a male-dominated kind of boys club thing at the time, and then Anne-Marie came along and, you know, really dismantled it, and she was making a, you know, a cop show.
and she killed it. But it it is it, it you know they're just very um you got to know what you're doing and you've got to get the right people with you. So, so, you know, I was part of that equation, you know, yeah. she, no, you've been in some great shows, Canada and the U S it's a great career, but they're great um, people. I, I, you know, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to be in this or, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, did, have you kept in touch with Rico, Colin Tony? No, not so much. I kept in touch. You try. It's like anything else. You do a bit of yeah. some in LA and then you're, we're, you know, we're actors, and then it becomes it's you are in a race to deal with your livelihood and so i really i kept in touch with my band and then you ca i kept in touch with the writers of flashpoint and the producers and sergio but you know once you're trying to uh, you know work and take care of your family and and yeah. Rico, yeah, Rico yeah. doing that too it's like it, it is a you have to you're all over the world you know so it's you, it's like trying to keep in touch with the guys you went to high school or it is yeah. it is because you mean well and but yeah. you don't run across each other you know it's yeah. like such a um you know and that's why really i always want to do a flashpoint reboot because then everybody gets to hang out you know yeah. and it's like <laughs> the reason my band got together part of it was well let's just put the band back together because we'd like to hang out and we missed it and then we realized we're really good and then we've got a whole other career yeah you know, that has 2.0 and that's what I, I still i had a meeting the other day and, and somebody brought that up and i said if somebody um pulled together the flashpoint crew for a movie or something everybody do it but it needs um it's business somebody's got to go okay i'm gonna put the money in and i'm gonna um i'm gonna pursue it all right well you hear that ctv um hopefully somebody's listening that's a great idea um yeah. i want to just circle back to mary kingston while we got a bit of uh, time left um so the, here's a great thing your first season we're in the second season now you can watch um but first season you managed to bring the show across the border you shot in kingston right yeah that's amazing how did you do that uh luck and timing Kurt Vonnegut would always say it was it was a gift but it was the middle of the pandemic and I had that's where I wanted to go we had scouted a few other places and it you know I I had done the homework you know I um you talk to the film people and you make sure it's open you know there's a um a guy who works for Taylor for 101 named Tom Prince he flew down and looked at it we you know I scouted that prison five times and then you've got to bring other people in because they you know um you know they're all in la so they're like what is it where is it how do we get there so wait we fly into toronto and then we have to drive and then you know logistically does that work and then taylor saw it and went this is it and i'd send him pictures and he knew there's an authenticity in it so why wouldn't we and the um it was just a you know like i've said that before you know my mom and dad at the time were in their 90s and to bring that show home and it was in the middle of a pandemic and to kind of make good and dan Aykroyd called and to make good on all the great people who helped me in that town and all the great characters um just to bring it back and shoot it there that first season was exceptional and everybody was great and the you know the city was great and um and uh you know and then we we scale up for season two and and season two is being shot in pittsburgh right yeah, it's in the can. And it looks like, you know, it's only four and a half hours um, from Toronto. So it looks like uh, Eastern Ontario, you know, or Southern right. Ontario. And it's, um, 
and it was awesome because we shot a lot of it in Hamilton too originally. So we've got the bridges and we we but what Pittsburgh had were like Kingston, some of these prisons were decommissioned and built in the 1800s. So it matched and they were bigger. So in our world, when Taylor and I mapped it out, we have this um, this make-believe town of of Kings, Kingstown, oh my God, with, um, with real, <laughs> like nine penitentiaries, like real Kingston. But in Kingston, there's only a, that decommissioned and the other ones weren't shootable at the time. So the world we've built is, um, you know, the one we use right now is, is, is enormous. And it was built in this during the civil war. And it's yeah, it, it looks amazing. It looks yeah. amazing on screen. Yeah. And so that's what it is. It's just, you have to serve the show. And, um, yeah. and, you know, and I, I still want to come back and shoot in Kingston. So it's not off the table. Season three. Um, yeah. Hugh, I, we're almost out of time. I, I want to uh, congratulate you again, Mayor of Kingston, coming to Paramount Plus this month of January. Do not miss it; it's fantastic. We can uh, catch up anytime, Bill. And thank you so much. And for yeah. for um, you know, just before we wrap, I got three questions for you. Sure. Number one: What are you watching now? Mayor of Kingston. Okay, <laughs> that's about all you got time. For. I was going to lie, but why bother? No, I don't blame you. Uh, question two: When you were a youngster growing up in Kingston, what was your favorite show? I think Get Smart. That's a good answer. Yeah, the the Cone of Silence. Yes. Well, I also loved Planet of the Apes, the movie, but you know, well, there was a there was a. I grew up in the seventies, so that's where it all came from. Great television, great writing. Yeah. Now, uh, being a musician, I'm particularly interested in this next question. Your favorite all-time TV theme song? There's so many. There's so many. There's so many. That's a that's a brutal question. I mean, Hawaii Five O, but there's so many. That's a great answer. Yeah. yeah instrumental. Yes. Laszlo Schifrin, right? Yes. It's just exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's sort of a lost art, isn't it? The, the TV theme song. It is. It really is. But though, and you know, and, and so much of it that, like, when I think of it, I, you know, I watched those shows with my dad. I'd run downstairs, Hawaii Five O's on, or you know, yeah. um, Mannix or Cannon or Rock, you know, Rockford Files. I loved it. Oh, there's another killer. You know, yeah. um, but those are great questions. I like. Yeah, I mean, that's my whole life was music and television, and then as I got into being a teenager film it's that's what fascinated me and interested me you know you've got uh the headstones new album are you going to manage to uh do any live shows we just did a whole tour in canada coast to coast sold out for, wow. and uh, yeah it's that's it's, fantastic it's the one well, of the best records we've ever made oh happy for you and uh you know really all the success uh uh you paid your dues you've met a lot of wonderful people but congratulations the mayor of kingstown is uh spectacular of course jeremy renner we got to mention him fingers crossed he's going to be up and well soon yeah he will and uh uh diana weist great actors uh so congrats on that thank you so much for your time uh well, let's do a part two in a month a couple of months whenever you want bill i love talking tv me, you know, uh, Hugh, thank you so much. I will take you up on that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. all best uh, to uh, for the rest of your day here today promoting the show. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Ciao.
Hugh Dillon's choice for his all-time favorite TV theme song is a classic from the 60s, the theme to Hawaii Five-O. The composer was not Lalo Schifrin, as I misidentified in speaking with you, but Morton Stevens. That crazy surf track was covered by the Ventures, who wrote it to number four on the Billboard charts in 1969. As always, I'd like to thank Phil Hong for producing this episode. I'd also like to thank Katie Brio for designing the Brio TV website. That's where you can read me daily on all things television. I'm also indebted to the many fine publicists who bring guests to this podcast each and every week. Finally, thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word with a like, comment, or a review. I'm Bill Brio. Thanks for listening.